the most successful people in the world, mm-hmm. and the su- most successful, wealthiest people in the world. And they said, what are the two things that you would say has contributed to your success the most? And the two top answers, serving others and helping others and learning, reading books, furthering your knowledge, continually growing your, your knowledge. It's grow in knowledge and help others grow. Christy, how are you? Hey, Jill. I'm good. How are you? Good. I am so excited. Thank you for coming on Beyond Boundaries with us today. And I'm I'm excited to ask. Yeah. So um, let's just dive right in. Let's tell the audience a little bit, just a little bit about what you do. You work with your husband. I know you're in real estate. You're a powerhouse couple and you've owned your own brokerage. And yeah, tell me a little bit more about, you know, where you're at right now. Okay. So, um, wow. I I could, I could go so many directions with whatever we could talk about. So I'll start with, I am, so my husband and I, Aaron Dwyer, I'm Christy Dwyer. He's Aaron Dwyer. Um, and we are, we have a mega icon team with EXP Realty out of, and we cover Georgia and Tennessee and we are called the collective. And, um, just to kind of give you some background on how we even came up with the name, the collective, is that we had built, our focus is really on growth and development and meeting people exactly where they are, but not leaving them there. And so we, like a lot of times when we would, so so we came to EXP from, we formerly had seven offices, one in Tennessee, six in Georgia for another brand. And we made the decision, started late fall of 2022 into the spring of 20, actually you and I met early 2023 like you had shared with me a little bit about your experience and coming over to, to, to the EXP and why that worked for you. And we kind of had a very similar connection on mm-hmm. the struggles of the brokerage owners and what we deal with. And I'm sorry if y'all hear some noise, it's the dogs wanting dying to get in here with me. Um, but, but so we really just kind of looked and made the decision that there was a cultural alignment with, with the, with this move. And so when we made the change, we decided to almost re- completely rebrand and we we wanted to keep our family culture together. We had built a, almost like I would call a tribe of, of people that we really, truly just, we feel like they're our real estate kids, right? And so we, our name is The Collective and that comes from that collective energy that, I mean, you know, two flames separate or can be nice, but you put them together and that flame gets bigger and it's bigger than the sum of the two parts. And so we truly believe that that collective synergy is what made us who we were as a company. And so we wanted to bring that over and kind of rebrand to that. And it's funny because I've got some pretty cool quotes that just even Aaron, he's a he's kind of a mindset, but like the scientific data behind the mindset stuff mm-hmm. is super like he dives into that all the time. And it literally talks about that collective energy and their scientific studies that show when people are in a space together and that collective energy and intention is in alignment that it can literally change the responses that people are that that are being that are occurring mm-hmm. 
so there it's a whole scientific like geeky nerd thing that he does but so that could be a whole nother talk that you bring him in on but so so we came over just knowing that we finally found a place that was so focused on helping its agents become better and so it really aligned with us and that it allowed us to focus on those areas that that really is where our heart's at and so in doing this transition and the change and what we what we've done it's really freed us up to do so much more of the parts we loved doing which is the pouring into the agents spreading love on them helping them become that best version of themselves really focusing on a ton of mindset stuff and spending so much more time doing that. And, and we're just seeing that it's, it looks different than anything we could have possibly thought it was going to look like when we came over, but it's so much better. And we feel like for us, like it's such more of a fit because all the things that like were pulling me back and, and taking the time to do the things that we didn't really enjoy doing, we don't have to do any of that stuff anymore. Now it's that we're freed up to do all the things that we truly love doing. Like you, even you and I have spoken about you doing the show, you doing this has freed you up to do things that has like, it's always been a passion of ours. It's, it's, it's been in our heart. Like God knows the desires of our heart. And that's what he gives to us is the desires of our heart when we don't even recognize it. So, I mean, maybe even you a year ago, six months ago, eight months ago, New kind of deep inside, there was like this little just nudging of, I would love to do something like this, but then he just kind of removes the things that are holding you back from doing it and just like opens it up for you to come in and do exactly what you're doing, which is exactly what's happened with us with this transition. So that's kind of how we got to where we're at. Mm-hmm. And then of course we're in a mastermind and, and I know I've told you this, but I'll say it again, that I don't know if you realized how big of a part you played in the in our decision to even consider coming to EXP. Um, so it was, and it was just that, that like connection. Like, I feel like we're kind of cut from the same cloth, honestly. So right. that's the one cool thing about EXP. And I know this isn't a real estate conversation. Right, right, right. I went into this on, but talking about that, it's so much more than just the real estate thing. It's finding the people that you align yourself with and you, yep. Um, can vibe on the same level with that's who you and yeah. people that you want to surround yourself with and um, I mean we both have owned our own companies before and we've also worked for other people and this is the first time where I actually feel like the people I sur- I'm surrounded with people I'm getting the opportunity to meet people like you right all over the world right that think like I do that feel that passion that, that all we really just want to help other people. And right. this allows us to do that on a right. level that we were not able to do that before. That's right. So That's right. It's, because it takes away. And again, this, it, this is not a pitch for EXP, but, but I will always, it's, it's almost, a, I call it more like a Yelp review, right? Yeah. Like if I'm going to share something and, and, and if I've had a great experience, I'm going to share that with others because I want others to be able to share in that great experience as well. Right. Right. And it's, and it has nothing to do with what's Cause I don't know if you remember this or not, the conversation in Alpharetta in Georgia last year or earlier this year, I guess was how did you even, how in the world did you end up? Because you were just so different than anything else I had ever experienced, but it's because I'd been walking. It was, it was like, I was just in the wrong rooms. I wasn't in. And then as soon as I was in that room and I realized that all that energy 
was connected to this company, I'm like, this is it. This is it. So, I mean, it's just been phenomenal. And then of course the, the relationships that aren't even real estate related, like just those additional relationships and those connections and those, you just, everybody just kind of finds their people, you know, and and I feel like we found our people and you found your people and here we are. Yeah. Your vibe attracts your tribe. And that's exactly right. After all my years, that's so funny that you say that because we say that all the time. Yeah. After all these years of walking this earth, like I finally found my people. Like I'm, I'm just so excited, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing this show is because we, we, uh, most of the people live all over the world, right? Right. So uh, at least spread out all over the country, and you, you can't meet with them in face to face all the time. It's way too expensive. It takes way too much time. But we can have. Luckily for technology, we can have conversations like this, and I don't ever want them to end. They fill my cup, they give me energy, and when I don't have these conversations, I I lose track of really what my purpose is, and you know, I get a little right. sad. I'm like, I need people like you in my life to fill right. my cup, and I hope that is. And I feel the exact same way, which is why it's such a. Again, I feel like God aligns people and He brings people in. At exactly, I, you are what I would call a God wink. Okay. Where he literally, that's, that's God saying, I, I got you. Like I'm sending you your people right at those moments. Even earlier this week, when we hopped on a call, you're like, I needed this phone call so bad right now. And it's just a nudging that you just follow. And you've even said, I'm, 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 I'm coming from a place of yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the commitment you've made to yourself this year was just coming from a place of yes. And so, and, and I, I want to answer your questions, but I want to kind of expand on what really even prior to me even considering even making a change we we do the one word have you ever read the the, the one word book mm-hmm. um so it's it's about it where you you identify like what's your one word like it's your theme word for the coming year i'm trying to think if aaron was here he could tell me exactly who the author is but um but he what we do is we kind of come up with this word for the coming year mm-hmm. and i identified my word in September of 2022, I came up and normally I wait till probably October, November is when I even start thinking about like, oh, what's my word going to be, right? Well, it just came to me that my future, the upcoming year, as I was preparing for fourth quarter planning and I was preparing for, because that's when you're really kind of getting your your game plan ready for the coming year was clarity. Mm -hmm. That was my, and it just came to me and it was like, God just said clarity, that's your word. And so I literally like identified my word for 2023 as clarity back in the early fall, probably even before it was actually fall, probably late summer of 2022. The changes that then started occurring in our business, in our life, even within, I mean, and the, you can't get clarity if you don't have boundaries, right? You have part of, part of getting that clarity is identifying clear boundaries. You have to do that in order to get clarity in your life, in your business, in your home, any of that. So when I literally identify that word of clarity, sometimes, and and I see this quote all the time, sometimes storms don't come to disrupt you, but they come to clear your path. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like we started encountering some storms. When I started setting intention on clarity, I started having some storms come up in our life, in our business, personal and professional. But what that's done is it's cleared our path. Mm-hmm. It cleared away. And in the, when you're in the middle of the storm, you're like, 
why what's going on but those are the and i say this you're never going to sign up for the storm but you're also never going to experience the growth that you're going to experience if not for the storm because when things are easy that it, that's like going to the that's like going to the gym and walk around and talking to everybody you're at the gym and you're enjoying it but you're not making any gains mm-hmm. but when you're at the gym and you're sweating and you're like oh my God, I'm going to die. There's no way I can get through three more minutes on this stair climber or whatever it is. And you're really pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. And that's all a storm is, is it's, is it's we're outside of our comfort zone. Most people are not comfortable in a storm unless you knew the storm was coming. You got your book, you got your cup of coffee, you got your blanket, you're on the back porch and you're just watching the lightning and you're just, you're like sitting in the middle of God's glory of these storms. But if it's blowing and wind and you're afraid of trees fixing to fall in the house, you're not sitting there enjoying it, right? Very few people are comfortable in a storm. But what you do is you buckle down, you you stick with the basics of what you know, mm-hmm. and you just ride out the storm mm-hmm. and know that when the sun comes out and the storm's over and it's past, because all storms pass, I don't know of any storms that stay forever. All storms pass. Mm-hmm. And when you walk outside in the sunshine and the birds are chirping, it might look different, mm-hmm. but there is a level of clarity or some things that some, some limbs that probably needed to fall anyways, mm-hmm. fall and then you clean it up and you move forward from it. And so, so that's kind of where we've experienced a level of growth this year that we never, and don't get me wrong. It hasn't been easy. It has been, there have been a lot of tears. There has been a lot of stress. There has been a lot of, what do we do? a lot of questioning. Are we doing the right thing? Have we done something wrong? What could we have done differently? But at the same time, this level of peace that just, just, it, it surpasses understanding. And so I would say that clarity is coming to us and even just being on this call and even the conversations we've had in the last week. And this, I don't know if I can talk about it right now, but this thing we're doing right now, and we'll talk about it later, but this thing that now we've got kind of that we're planning and working towards is like, wow, like all these things just kind of coming together. So it's, yeah, I love it. And and you're right. It's even though um, when you get through that storm, the sun is shining, there's rainbows, birds are chirping, everything is great. But when you're going through the storm, it just seems like it's never going to end regardless of how we got there, what it is. Sometimes it's a really bad storm, like a really, really bad storm. You don't think you're ever going to get out. And what I've noticed is that when I take the emotion out of it, it's not that bad. So I remove my feelings and I start thinking about really what is this? And maybe it's actually the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I just have to get through it. But if I take the emotion out of it, it makes it a little bit easier. And that's probably, I think, one of the hardest things to do. Right. right? Because you get triggered, right? Like, why is this triggering me? Why am I getting all emotional? Why am I getting angry? None of that matters. Right. It's just focusing on what's important at the time and doing the right thing and getting through it. So, and, and again, you hear that, I, I hear it said a lot. Sometimes things aren't happening to you. They're happening for you. Right. Right. And like I said, all things in nature, all things in life, honestly, whether it's the birthing process, which is predated by labor, right? I mean, you're going through the pain and the, and the stretch marks and the, 
all the things that happened prior to the birthing process. And then it's like, it's this excruciating pain. And then it's like, wow, right? Like here it is. Um, but even if you think about it, if you think about like even seeds, even like a, an acorn, all these things have to go and they have to outgrow and they have to, there has to be some tearing away and some ripping away of things in order to become that next level of what you're supposed to become. Right. So um, it's just, again, it's just like you said, it's removing the emotion from it. And so many times if, if I'm experiencing something, I'm like, okay, what's the lesson? And when you're trying to seek the lesson in the storm, you're not focusing on the storm itself. You're focusing on the growth and the lesson. And if that could be a piece of advice for somebody is that when you're in those times and it's easier said than done, but I can tell you, and again, I mean, you too, we can tell you that it is possible to do that because we've experienced, I have walked that walk of being in those storms. And my mom used to always tell me, they can't eat you, right? Yeah. They're not going to eat you. So worst case scenario, it's bad, but they're not going to eat you. And you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and the sun's still going to shine and the waves are still going to come in and it's just going to, it's going to be okay. It just might, there, there is an growing pains. It's yeah. just growing pains. And and I hear the phrase a lot, new levels, new devils, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so and the true. more you elevate and the more you grow through that, you have pain, you have growth. You have stability, you have pain, growth, stability, but every time you level up, you have new, you have new storms. Like mm-hmm. the higher you get, the st- you still have storms. They're just different storms. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can hear that background or not. I'm very sorry. Those dogs are barking like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is not affecting this at all. Don't worry okay, about good. it. Don't let it bother you. Uh, yeah, I and we do come up with a word every single year, and uh-huh. I love your word clarity, and that was my word last year. This year, my word was forward, so there was nothing I was going to, uh, everything that I did this year, every de- decision I made was not going to be based on anything in my past. It's only looking toward the future. I spent too many years looking looking in the rearview mirror and- right. Um, being afraid of what other people would think and using some of my past history as blockages and that's no more. So I think it's so important that everybody come up with their word. And now we're, you know, we're in the fourth quarter. It's time to start thinking about what that is. is. It's time because we're inching towards that time of year now. And, and, and again, it's probably, it's today's September 19th. Well, I I don't know if it's this, but today's September 19th. And that's probably about the time Mm -hmm. that I came up with my word last year was about this time. So and honestly, it's a really good time to, to think about what is it that I want for this coming year? And this is the conversation that even we have with our agents and anybody that we're coaching is what have you gained and and what gains? And, and by that, I mean, sometimes you gain knowledge from, from storms. Sometimes you gain knowledge from new concepts, new knowledge, new experiences, new relationships. So what have I this year gained and how have I grown and how can I take that? Because, and and I said this last year, I said, you know, you don't want to forget the, the lessons. So you, you don't have to, you you don't have to carry the trauma forward, but you need to carry the lesson forward. You don't have to carry the storm forward, but you need to carry the lesson forward. And if you just ignore the storm altogether and say, I'm just going to get through this and I'm going to, 
act like an ostrich and stick my head in the sand until the storm's over with, that storm follows you into next year. Mm -hmm. Because until you get the lesson, you're going to keep getting the storm. So, so that would be something that I would say to somebody is if they're thinking about the coming year is how can I grow and take forward the lessons and leave the, the things that might trigger me or might be a stumbling block for me or, or for my business or for my marriage or for a relationship. You don't have to carry forward the bad stuff, but you've got to carry forward the lesson. And sometimes those lessons are remembering how you handled the bad stuff. And sometimes that's part of that growth because you're still going to have like, and I hear you, you fight fair. You've got to fight fair. Like if you fight and you go below the belt and I think human nature, sometimes we just do that, mm -hmm. even if we don't mean to. And, and if we can grow through that, and I've even said to Aaron, I'm like, you know, I feel like things continue to come to us. And sometimes it's not because we're supposed to learn something, but because we're supposed to respond a certain way mm -hmm. through that growth. And when we get that, it's like, okay, try, fail, adjust, try, fail, adjust, try, fail, succeed. And so sometimes it's, we get a situation that triggers us and we respond in a habitual way, which is how we used to act, who the person is that we used to be. And that's not who we're trying to become. And so until we respond in the way that takes us, that's going to respond in the way to the person we're trying to become and who we're intended to become the person that our purpose is to become we're going to keep getting those until we get it right right it's like when you're practicing a new skill you have to get it right before we get moved to the next level before right. we get to pick up another skill so um i think that that's something that's really important for people to think about um and, and i'll say this i mean i think that going into the fourth quarter anybody real estate business cleaning house, getting out your Christmas decorations. Y'all probably are getting out Halloween decorations right now. I don't do that. I skip straight to Thanksgiving and just do fall decorations. But um, but it's like, you're kind of purging. Like you're thinking, what am I going to do this year? Like, what am I what am I getting rid of that I've used for years and I don't want to use? And what are the things that, that, that might look like they should go in the garbage, but they're not because there's so much meaning to them? And then what am I going to bring in that's new, right? Like, so you've got a little bit of that get rid of, keep, and then get new. And so, and, and I, and I shared this on a, on a Facebook post that I did, and it was through an interview we did with one of our agents. And it's when you're contemplating change, when you're contemplating that forwardness, when you're contemplating things of what's this next step, what's this next chapter look like. And, and I always say that if you're going to consider a change, there's two questions that I, that I ask if I'm considering a change. And that is, it's the two things. One, does it allow me to better serve my clients? Okay. And that's not just real estate. So in my position, my clients are to agents or other brokers that like we're coaching and helping to grow their company. And then the next question is, is, is this, is this change going to allow the people that I serve to better serve their clients? So it's two levels of question. Is it going to allow me to better serve my clients? Because if the question, if the change that I'm contemplating is self-serving, it's probably not a good change. Mm -hmm. It's probably not a sustainable because we can't self-serve enough to make that sustainable. So you, when you get that little bit of satisfaction and gratification, it, it, it becomes humdrum and then you become unsatisfied again. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I do know you can 
And, I, and sometimes I say it is you can't mitigate the negative enough to make it sustainable because once you've eliminated the negative, then you're just down to ground zero. But if you're if you're focusing on continuing to grow the positive and grow the forward, if you're continuing to grow forward or fail forward, even mm-hmm. you there's the, the forward is infinite. Like even if the forward becomes you circle back to look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. Right. I mean, you're still you're still moving. Right. You're still moving forward. Right. So um, so we're still contemplating growth in a positive direction. So I think anything that is going to be a sustainable um, change, there has to be something that you're moving towards, mm-hmm. moving forward towards, not that you're trying to get away from. And I maybe even shared this with you about, you know, even when you get out of a toxic situation, whether it's a relationship, a business, a job, a habit, whatever it is, when you get far enough away from that, you forget how bad it was for you. And sometimes you revert back to it. It could be health. It could be like I cut out sugar and I lost 30 pounds. But then now that I've lost the 30 pounds and you eat a cookie, you're like, oh, this sugar tastes so good. And you forget what you felt like when you were eating cookies all the time. And the next thing you know, you're back to 30 pounds. You found your 30 pounds back, right? Mm-hmm. So so you just have to be, to, to ever implement sustainable change and growth. You have to continue growing forward and continue moving those milestones, moving those milestones, moving those milestones. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're dying. There's no in between. So sometimes you have to get rid of things in your life so you can make space for those things that are going to get you to the next level. And yeah, sometimes you don't even know it. And, and a lot of times it's people in your life. A lot of times it's, it's a, it's a difficult situation. You know, it's, it's not an, it's not an easy decision. Sometimes like, oh, is this advertising giving me the right ROI and I can get rid of it if it's not? Sometimes when you're dealing with people, family members, you know, that are not good for you and they don't want to see you grow and you have to recognize those people. Are they not wanting to see you grow? Why aren't they wanting to see you grow? It's usually because you're doing something that they're capable of, but they're not willing to do. They're not willing to put the work in. So they're going to try to hold you back. Right. Well, so many times it's not even a matter of so so I read a book and I'm trying to I'm looking around my office to see if it's in here. So it was written by Louis Giglio mm-hmm. and it's called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table is the title of the book. And it is a phenomenal book. It's Louis Giglio, Do Not Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Mm-hmm. And and the book talks about you can love people from a distance. And sometimes the enemy is not really in your mind what you would consider the enemy, but it's just that it's the people that are holding you back. And most of the time, some of those people don't hold you back because they want to see you fail. They hold you back because they want you to, they want to keep you right. And they, and, and that they are, they might be capable of it, but it's typically never a, a matter of ability that holds someone back. It's fear that holds them back. It's the fear of the change. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of pushing themselves forward to something that they don't know what it's going to be like. I mean, they that they they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years because they were scared of what was of the change. And people would rather stay in a bad situation that they're comfortable with and that they know that it's bad, but they know it. It's familiar than to explore into the unknown in the movie, the lion King, right? Like when Simba and Mufasa were sitting there and they're looking out over 
And, and Mufasa says to Simba, everything that, that the light touches is yours, but you can't go beyond into the shadows. Even our parents, it, that, that, is, that was a conversation between uh, the, the king of the jungle and his son saying, just don't go into the shadows because what's there is scary. Well, what happens to a shadow when you walk into it? It goes away. It goes away. The shadow goes away when you walk into it. So, so when you just take that step into the unknown, take that uncomfortable step forward, you, those, those fears you realize doesn't look so scary after all, right? Even when you walk into a dark room, give your eyes a second to adjust. It's not pitch black anymore. Mm-hmm. Even if you wanted it to stay pitch black, it doesn't stay pitch black because your eyes adjust to it. Yeah. So, so it's just that, that, but that book is one of those where, yeah, there are times that people want to see you fail. There are times that people truly want to see you fail, but more times than not, the pe- the things that hold you back are not people that are intentionally wanting to see bad things happen to you. They just don't want to lose you and they want to keep you in their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And again, that's still the enemy holding you back. That's still fear because there's two emotions that drive everything love and fear every mm-hmm. single feeling that exists comes from one of two places love or fear mm-hmm. so when 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 we feel something i always try to check it against yeah. is this is this coming from a place of love or is this coming from a place of fear and if it's coming from a place of fear then we address that and say nope you don't have a place here you know right. but also in that same book louis giglio talks about that book is based on the 23rd psalm and he talks about that that god will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies and I think that's very important that we understand that because in the presence of our enemies, he didn't say, I'm going to prepare a table for you and I'm not going to let your enemies be around. I'm going to get rid of your enemies. He said, I'm going to prepare it in the presence of your enemies, which means I'm still here with you and I'm going to see you through this, but you're never not going to have enemies. You're never not going to have a Judas. We will always have a Judas. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's. It's so true. And I love what you said. There's only fear and there's only love. You can only walk forward using one of those two things. And if you do get triggered by fear, which comes across as or comes out as anger, jealousy, um, any of those negative feelings that you get, you got to figure out why you're feeling like that. Peel it apart and say, why is this triggering me? And then that goes way deep. We can have a whole nother conversation about that. But sometimes you don't even know why you're having those feelings. I mean, it's, it's, you know, shoved down in your subconscious mind. A lot of times it's, it all was put there before the age of seven. So you don't even know. And if you feel those triggers and you don't know why you might want to talk to somebody to get rid of them, because once you get rid of that, right. Sometimes that fear fear is what we need because sometimes that fear creates, I mean, it's the fight or flight. I mean, that, that feeling of fear sometimes will save your life. Like sometimes you're going to run really fast to get away from something that could hurt you. So Mm -hmm. fear is not always a negative emotion. Sometimes fear is necessary because that fear will generate adrenaline and it will literally give you a survival instinct. If we don't ever have, just like I said, with growth, if you don't have a fight, because typically when people get that really big push of, of adrenaline and emotion, I mean, sometimes fear has, has, scientifically it's proven they literally can lift cars 
When right. if, they, if they don't have that adrenaline and that fear is what pushes the adrenaline through our system. And that gives us a level of strength and, and literally like power that we couldn't have otherwise. Because if you're not scared of losing that person, you might not ever be able to lift that car. Like right. if somebody walked over and said, just lift the car. You can't lift that car. But if your kid's under that car, there's a strong chance I could lift that car. <laughs> and, and, and it's just like, well, how do you get that strength? Well, I don't know. But the fear is what pushed that adrenaline through our system to be able to give us that strength. And sometimes mm-hmm. the, sh- we, the strongest points in our life come after a situation that's prompted by fear. And our response is prompted by the, the fear of something. And you can use that fear for the positive or you can use the fear for the negative. So in both places, like you said, you can use that emotion one way or the other. Fear used correctly can do great things and it can achieve great things. Fear used incorrectly will always hold you back or or create negative situations. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, everybody's either motivated by pleasure or pain, right? So that's yep. where the pain comes in. And I think pain is a, a bigger push than pleasure sometimes. People absolutely right. Absolutely. So then you have to, yeah, but you have and you have to when it comes to fear. Is it coming from your head, that little voice inside your head, or is it coming from an actual physical instinct, intuition that is right. that you were born with? So you have to right. know the difference. Right. And and that's what we were, we were given that for survival. That's mm-hmm. how you survive. If if there was a, a saber-toothed tiger chasing you, you're mm-hmm. kind of scared, right? That fear is there for a reason to get you into that fight or flight mode, right? Definitely. And, you know, when I'm coaching agents, um, you know, they always come to me and they're like, I don't, I only made a hundred thousand dollars last year. I've been, my goal has been 250,000 for the past three years. I just can't break through to that next level. Tell me what I need to do in order to break through. And they're expecting me to show them the path with marketing or do more open houses, right? Or, Or talk to more people about real estate. But we have to break it down sometimes and look at the entire picture, a holistic approach to it and say, what's going on in the other areas of your life? And sometimes it's in actually a fear of making money because of a childhood belief system that they were told right. when they were five that people yep. with money are bad. Right. So, Money's bad. That's right. Yep. Right. It's not always something that I could sit down and, you know, tell them exactly what they need to do in an hour by rearranging their marketing plan. Most right. of the time, as you know, you coach, you coach teams, you to- coach high, you know, um, high producing agents. Right. It, it's about finding out what that blockage is. And a lot of times it is a fear that they don't even know that they have. So let me, let, let, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to that for a minute. Cause I think this is so important. What I have found, I could have an agent being super successful, right? Like they're doing so well and they were seeing great success and they said, okay, I'm going to get a coach to take me to the next level. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they, they decide, and maybe it was an agent in our brokerage, and they're like, well, we're gonna, I'm gonna bring on an additional coach that's gonna be like an accountability coach, and they're gonna give me structures. Okay. Well, if and this is where I think personalities comes in so important because I know my agents, I know who they are, and I know what makes them tick. And so if I have somebody who operates on a relational level, okay, and 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 I'm and they're doing things and, and we've coached them to do things that are like relational, okay. And 
That's how they're getting the success. And then all of a sudden they have somebody come in and try to make them follow a process that isn't authentically them. And they're trying to change the way that they're doing their business to be a way that's not authentically them. And their production goes from doing this to doing this. And they're like, what in the heck's happening? And I'm like, you're not being authentically you. The biggest thing you can do is be 100% you. You can't because the way to be confident is to be authentically you, you operating in your true authenticity, in your true purpose and who you are and who you're comfortable being. Okay. Because if, if somebody tried to tell me I had to wear a dress and heels to work every day, I would probably never sell a house right? I'm wearing jeans and flip-flops. That's what, that's how I function. You know, I'm wearing open-toed shoes all the way through December when it gets really cold, which in Hawaii, you don't, you don't even probably have a pair of closed-toed shoes anymore. You probably (laughs) left all of those in California, (laughs) but, but it's like the, sometimes the things that people think they're supposed to do because it's what someone told them. So sometimes that, that lack of progress, just like you said, you have to assess every single situation which even if I had an agent come to me and say, I want to hire a coach. So, so, and we went to an event one time and there was a coach and, and they were going to hire this coach to coach them. And it was going to be like 900 bucks a month. And I said, I want to be on your, I want to be on your orientation call. I want to be on the call where they talk to you and they get all the questions and they decide who they're going to pair you with as a coach, because I want to make sure that they understand what's important for you. And I want to be involved in making sure that if you're going to get a coach that's outside of us, they need to be a coach that's going to get you. Like you don't just fit into this little box. And I mean, I've had agents that had gotten into real estate and they were going to get back out of real estate because they were like, if I was told to sell real estate that way, there's no way I could sell real estate that way. Like I would just rather just go back to a nine to five job because it would be miserable to me. And, and, and I'm okay with pushing people to try different things. I'm okay with pushing an agent to maybe try a, you know, if you've never door knocked, get out there and try it. Let's say that somebody wants to try it. They're asking me like, how do I push to the next level? And I'm telling them, you know, sometimes you've got to do things that you don't think you're going to be comfortable doing. Do it anyways and push yourself outside your comfort zone. So let's use door knocking, for example. If an agent's never door knocked and they're like, well, I'm going to hate, I'm not doing that because I would hate door knocking. They, I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm saying you have to try it. It's kind of like a parent with their kids. I'm not saying you got to eat the whole thing, but you're going to take one bite of it. Okay. You're going to at least try it. So, and then they might find they actually like door knocking because maybe door knocking gives them an experience and an opportunity to open up to talking to new people. They might make a connection. Cause I even tell people, if you're going to the doors, as you're walking up to the door, make note of the stuff they've got in their yard. They might have a college football team, something somewhere, a flag hanging off their little garden flag thing. What, they might have a tag on their car, something that you can make a, a common connection with. Start the conversation that way, right? Like you can have that. And they might find that they are really good at door knocking. Mm-hmm. And they might find that something that they thought they would hate, that they actually love. And that might become a new part of their business. And they might be able to reach different levels. So that would be my advice for somebody. But what I was saying is the coaching. So the coaching with exp i think that because it's such an open book company like Mm -hmm. you don't have to pay for any coaching if you're an agent with exp seriously like if you choose to pay for coaching it's because you're trying to get something that's very specific that you really want to drill down on because just the general ideas of concepts of business building of all these things 
it's out there for everybody, right? I mean, it's literally just there and offered to everybody to, to be available. So I love that fact because then people can have access to so much that can help them grow their business. And then they may realize, okay, I like this and I need a lot more detail on this so I can really hone in on trying to get additional help with this area. And I think that's how people will grow. If, like you said, they ask you, how do I get to that next level? Well, we got to figure out what got you to this level. And if what got you to this level was relationships and networking with people that you know and working your sphere. And when it started changing, I'll literally go back and I would have them kind of plot a timeline of these are different events that happened in your personal life. These are di different events that happened in your business life. These are different events you attended and kind of see where'd your production go? Because typically 45 to 60 days after you kind of have this aha moment or something that shifts the way you're thinking or the way you're doing things, you see a difference in your production. And so I would literally have them chart. What do you do? So I, I think that people get discouraged. And sometimes when they get on a high, then they have a crash. It's almost like a, it's almost like a sugar rush and a sugar yeah. crash. Same thing with production. Yeah. So, um, but hopefully that would help if somebody's listening to this and they want that. I mean, you're obviously a phenomenal real estate coach. I mean, I think we're pretty good. I mean, I think we, we, okay. <laughs> I'm sure you're fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, I have, I'm coaching a couple people right now that their personalities are so different than mine. Right. You know, it's, they can't, I can't mentor them because it's never what I, what's worked for me is never going to work for them. No matter right. how much they want it to, it's never going to work. Right. So I have to, as a coach, try to find somebody that they can connect with. Right on a level that can help them. I can tell right. them what to do all day long, but if I if I don't have the proven system that I think would work for them, why would they follow me? But if it's somebody right. that wants to build their business on relationships and connection, and that's how I've ran, run my whole entire business for 27 years. So I'm right. the perfect coach for them. So sometimes we're not right. always a good fit. Right. Well, and that's the other beauty of this whole setup, this whole structure is just like this. We're having this call, right? Mm -hmm. So you like, like I can run into the exact same thing and say, Hey, I'm going to pull Jill in and I'm going to hop on a call with you and her and me and let her kind of, cause sometimes it's, it's like a third party validation. And sometimes it might even be that I'm saying the exact same thing to them mm -hmm. and they hear the same thing from you and they just hear it a different way. Like right. you might be giving them the same exact concept I'm giving them, but the way you deliver it is something that they can connect to and they can, it can resonate with them differently than me delivering it. Right. The same exact message. And that's the other beautiful thing about the collaborative nature of this. Mm -hmm. So I love it. I mean, I love the fact that, and, and I'm, I'm serious. If anybody that's watching this is, is interested in even just hearing that we, we truly believe, and I know you believe the same thing because you and I are truly cut from the same cloth. A rising tide lifts all boats. If they're in the real estate industry and we can help them grow, I don't care if they're with green real estate company, mayonnaise real estate company, or Yogi Bear real estate company. It doesn't matter to me. We want to see them successful. We want to leave people better than we found them, right? And, and that's just because we just have a heart for people. We don't necessarily have a heart for a brand. But we know that we have grown 
in our own business as a result of aligning with a company that the heart of the people, the majority of the people in the company, they have a heart to help other people grow. You right. can't get in a room full of people that want to see you succeed and not succeed. I mean, you can't try, you would have to try really hard to not succeed if you <laughs> stepped into a room of people that want to see you succeed. Because you're going to be like, finally, fine, I'll succeed. And even though I don't want to, I'll, I'll succeed because y'all keep pushing me so hard, right? <laughs> it, I mean, it's so nice. So we Obviously, we've got like 90,000 agents um, in our organization. But so you can't always have, you know, not everybody's a great, a good seed, right? There's right, always right, going right. to be right. You're going to have your fair, the law of averages. Yep. Right. But the majority of the people in my world that I've met in my circles, they have no ego. They, the leaders in this organization, they really, truly just want to help it. They've taken the egos out of the business and right. they just, their whole, they, cause they know that if they move forward with their business, with a business plan full of love, of leadership right. of love, That's rather right. than a leadership of fear, like, oh, well, if I teach this agent that everything that I know, they're not going to be my competition. Right. That's not how this, that's not how this agency is run. It's, it's right. really run out of faith. And that's just a scarcity run. mindset. This, it this is. company is run for, it comes from an abundance mindset. Absolutely. And I've, I haven't found love, that anywhere else. Fear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it comes from a place of love because that scarcity mindset comes from a place of fear that if I share with you what I know, then you might take from me. That comes from a place of fear, not love. Right. And I don't right. believe you can actually ever be successful. You might get a lot, you might make a lot of money with that kind of attitude, short but term. short term. And I believe success, it comes from your the, true happiness, right? And right. joy within. It's not about money or anything. There's right. a nice part about money, but I don't think you could actually be successful without, um, you know, leadership of love and, you know, the other, you know, and abundance. Well, it's funny you say that because so Tom Ferry did a thing and, and it was on a show that he was he, he quoted some study that they had studied some of the most successful people in the world mm -hmm. and the su most successful, wealthiest people in the world. And they said, what are the two things that you would say has contributed to your success the most? And the two top answers, serving others and helping others and learning, reading books, furthering your knowledge continually growing your your knowledge it's growing knowledge and help others grow yeah. it's that simple that is the formula for success and i think even zig ziglar says somebody said how do you you know what's your formula for success if you help enough other people achieve success then your success happens that's yeah. how you become successful so. i always tell everyone if you if you want to learn the business you read zig ziglar Yep. everything. And I know it's old stuff now, but when I first started, it's tried and true, though. It's tried and true. Read those basics don't change. They don't. And he's just, he's just brilliant and yep. just a brilliant businessman. And, yep. um, so th this is conversation has been so great. I just want to, I want to ask you like, what would you suggest to somebody that say maybe business, they have nothing to offer. They don't have the, the background, the education, but they do have a heart and they want to help others. Um, what would you say to them? How, how to, how to have their business through love and, you know, service? 
So, so you, it, it, it kind of froze up just a second. So did you ask if they were getting new into the business? Yeah, they were, new, in they the were new into the business. Mm -hmm. So, so the same thing, I would say this one, everybody, if they're old enough to get it. So I'm assuming we're talking real estate. So let's just say we're talking real estate or whatever industry you're in, any sales related industry or service related industry. Um, if they're old enough to get that license, that means they've got at least 18, 20 years of people knowing them. Mm -hmm. They already have advocates out there. So leverage that it doesn't mean that they've got the advocates of real estate knowledge, but they know these people that know who they are as a person. So, mm -hmm. and, and I always tell people, especially if you're coming into real estate as a new career, but you're coming out of another career. Okay. Maybe you were a teacher. Maybe you were, worked at a bank. Maybe you were a fireman. Maybe you were in law enforcement, whatever it was, whatever your hairdresser, right? Whatever your previous career was, you've already got advocates that you have taken care of in that previous career. That's where you start. You are, because now they're saying Jill's going to be great at whatever she does, because I know how good she was in that past career. So leverage that, those advocates and literally, truly find your advocates that are already advocates for Jill. And then if they're advocates for Jill in life and in general, they're going to be advocates for Jill, for somebody else who needs, because all we are is real estate agents and brokers and realtors. We're, we're connectors. Mm -hmm. We, real estate is the one product that you don't have to pitch someone on. There's not 50 of the same thing out there. And you're trying to show somebody why this one is better than the other one. It's not like an iPhone or an Android. It's not a, this speaker or that speaker. It's not a Toyota or a Ford. It is literally a house. Mm -hmm. So every house has its buyer. Every house has its owner. And so when someone walks into a house, they know that that's their house. So all you've got to do is be a connector. You, you are a bridge builder. There's a person who has a need and there's a, and there's a solution, right? Whether it's buying a house or selling a house, there's a need and there's a solution. Our job is to connect those two things. And then once we're the connector, and we say this all the time, once we're a matchmaker, then we become a wedding planner, right? <laughs> then, and then once we're an escrow, then we get to go and get ready for the wedding. And then the closing is the wedding. And then they get to go on their honeymoon. And then you don't ask them what happens after that. But that's not really true because then you want to see the pictures of the kids when they have kids, right? So yeah. you do. So, and I truly believe that then once you approach the business that way of how can I help somebody, all you're looking for is problems to solve. Mm -hmm. We are looking for a solution. We are looking for a problem that we can, we can be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And if they will approach it from that standpoint, as a brand new agent, you don't have to prospect, get up every day looking for someone you can help. Mm -hmm. And that's how you start your real estate business. And so people are like, well, you know, how do you, that, that's what prospecting is. You're just trying to find somebody you can help. And it might be, I had an agent one time that told me this, she would walk around the grocery store. And if she could see somebody who looked befuzzled, like they were looking like, like how many times do you walk around? I'm like, okay, can somebody help me find the, the, the jello, right? And, oh, that's on aisle 13, right? And you strike up a conversation with somebody and you're really just helping them find something. And then you, when, oh, thank you so much. Pull a business card out and hand it to him. So, oh, hey, I'm happy to help, you know, whatever. She literally had somebody that she delivered baby formula to him. Remember like last year when there was like a baby formula shortage, and like you couldn't find baby formula, she literally was like, oh my gosh, I know someone who's got some of that. I'll go find some. And she delivered it to their house and sold them like a $900,000 lake house as a result. How crazy is that? It's just I being a problem solver. <laughs>
I sold a dining room table, um, just an old dining room table that I had on Facebook Marketplace. And the guy came to pick it up. And I just started a conversation with him just like, hey, like, so did you have an old table? Because this is an old table and you're just probably replacing your other old table. Just kind of a little <laughs> joke. And we started talking and he's like, well, actually, my wife just bought, we just moved, my wife just moved to South Carolina I'm uh -huh. transferring there, but I'm stuck here at my job for another year. So she took our dining room table. So now I'm filling the house with, you know, used stuff because she wanted right. to use stuff. He said, so what are you going to do with your house when you have to go to South Carolina next year? And he's like, well, we're probably going to sell it. And I'm like, well, I'd like to be your agent. Oh, there's a guy that's in my neighborhood. He knocks on my door once a month. I promised him the listing. I go, well, let me just chat with you first. You can give him the listing, you know, if you want, but let's just keep in touch over the next year. And I consistently right. kept in touch with him all the time, called him, emailed him, right. texted him. Hey, how's it going? How's my table doing? Right. And he ended up listing his house with me. So right. that, and I sold it. So that's garage sales are, and garage sales are great. That, that's yeah. another thing. Literally yard sales are the, and my husband's like, I swear, if you go to a yard sale and bring something home, I'm going to be mad because we don't need any more furniture. Right. But yard sales, because typically if someone's having a yard sale, sometimes it's because they're purging because they're yeah. getting ready to sell. Yeah. Right. I mean, so just different things like that. So it's, mm -hmm. it's funny, all the different ways that you can do it, but that's such a, but I would say focus the new business person, focus on your existing advocates, start right. there because mm -hmm. that's how you're going to build. And then once you start, you close a couple of deals, then you've got referrals from somebody who can say, oh my gosh, they were a wonderful agent for me. Right. And don't be afraid to do like what you said. Don't take no as an, as a final no. Yeah. Most no's are not a real no. They're a not now. Or they were called back. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, what does Tom Ferry say? Uh, he says, don't ever stop calling unless they specifically say, stop calling me or they die. Those are the <laughs> right. only two. Those are the only two reasons. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even stop at the stop calling me. I'm going to wait till they, I'm going to wait till I see their obituary. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I appreciate you being on this call. Uh, I know you've taken a lot of time out of your day to be here and I really, truly appreciate it. And I love chatting with you as always. And let's continue this conversation another time. All right, perfect. Thanks, Jill. All right. Thank you, Christy. Thank you.